0: So how many of you guys work on systems with bladder tanks? A hydronic system that has a bladder tank. Hands up. I have a couple of buildings that utilize these. And basically what a bladder tank is, is a tank that allows expansion of the fluid. When the fluid expands, you need a place for it to go. And there's two sides to the tank. There's the fluid side, and then there's the diaphragm. Now that diaphragm is filled with air. All right, so that diaphragm needs to be charged correctly with air. Usually it'll come with a holding charge, but you need to charge it correctly with air. So what you need to do is charge it to 2 to 5 PSI above the cold fill system pressure. Now what I mean by that is when the boiler is off, let's say it's a boiler system, the boiler's off and you fill that system up with water. Whatever you fill that system to, you want to be two to five PSI above that on your diaphragm in your expansion tank. Another thing that I find is important, and I didn't know this, and I didn't learn this until maybe a few years back, is that it's good to have an isolation valve on that bladder tank. And then also after the isolation valve between the tank and the valve, you need somewhere to drain it. So what you want to do in your maintenance is isolate that valve off. You want to drain that tank down of the fluid that's in there. And then you want to check your air pressure. Because if your diaphragm has a leak, you're not going to know unless you check that air pressure on a regular basis. So that would be the way to do it. So guys, this tip was brought to you by Armstrong. And this podcast is sponsored by Armstrong. So for years and years, you go back to the shop or, or head there in the morning and you're standing around, just kind of waiting for the day to unfold, having a coffee. What do you usually do? You usually chat about your jobs with other techs, right? Um, because it's kind of, it's it's like therapy almost. You you get, you get stuff off your chest. Sometimes you get feedback and learn. Sometimes you teach other people what you've found. So this podcast today, I'm just going to go over some of the calls that I've been on in recent history. And maybe you can learn from them. Okay. And when I talk, sometimes when I talk, I actually I learn from myself. Because I'll say something and go, whoa, a light bulb just lit up. Maybe that's what I did wrong, or maybe that's what I should have done, or maybe that's what the problem was. So it's it's good to talk about the calls you go on, it's good to talk about the installs you go on, and it gives you some insight into yourself as a technician, because if you can communicate with other techs so they understand you, I think that's a good thing. So on this podcast today, a couple of service calls, a little bit of shop talk, pretty much this is the HVAC Know-It-All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. HVAC Know-It-All is sponsored by Testo, Yellow Jacket, Refrigeration Technologies, Armstrong, Field Pulse, and Truetech Tools. And always, guys, save 8% on your purchase at Truetech Tools using promo code KNOW-IT-ALL. That excludes Fluke and Fleer products. But if you want to save on Testo, this is what you do. You have to have a Truetech Tools account. Okay? You have to... Go to a link and answer two questions. And once you do that, when you're signed in, you'll see preferred pricing on testal products. Now, that link is on my website on the homepage, hvacknowitall.com. Scroll down to the True Tech Tools logo, click on it, and it'll take you to that link, and you can get yourself set up for preferred testal pricing. So, have you guys ever had to track down a low-voltage short? Pain in the ass. Complete pain in the ass. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes it takes forever to find it. So this call that I went on about three days ago pertains to that topic specifically. So I responded to this service call, no cooling. And it was around 1 p.m. ish when I got there. And this is a split unit, okay? 10-ton split unit. It's got a condensing unit on a roof of a five-story building and an air handler on the second floor. Now, the compressor set inside is a tandem set. Now, if you don't know what a tandem set of compressors are, they're basically two compressors piped in parallel that run together. I'm not exactly sure why that was done or why that was designed that way, to be honest with you, instead of using one compressor. Because if one of them fails... Basically, if one of them fails, the other one will still run, but you'll have half the capacity. So maybe that's why they did it so you don't completely fail if you have a dead compressor, but it's a tandem set. Okay. And when I got there, the thermostat, old Honeywell thermostat flashing. Okay. I could barely read the display. Right beside it is the closet where the air handler has walked in there. No airflow. motor wasn't running right when i heard no airflow i'm like okay possibly a broken belt maybe but the motor wasn't running so i opened up the cabinet and i had no low voltage okay it was it was not present so this is my problem i got no low voltage so up to the roof i go because the low voltage signal didn't originate from the air handler it was coming from the condensing unit so i opened up the condensing unit after i traced it onto the roof, because there's a few of them up there. There's a bunch of them. Okay. Found the right one. And that's really important, guys. I know a lot of guys that have actually went and worked on the wrong piece of machinery and done things to it and changed things to it, changed things on it. And it wasn't even the right piece of, piece of equipment. So that's really embarrassing. So you've got to really be careful when there's lots of equipment on one roof or in one building. Make sure it's the right one. So made sure it was the right one. Opened up the cabinet. There it is. The low voltage transformer. Check my power there. I've got power at the transformer. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Why don't Why don't I have power downstairs? So I'm thinking a broken wire, maybe, and start, things start going through your head. I'm like, calm down. Let's just look around. So, looking through the cabinet on the underside of a divider panel was a circuit breaker, low voltage circuit breaker, okay? Now, let me let me go off um, on a different direction for one second. Low voltage circuit breakers or fuses are so important. It's not funny. In the past, I've changed transformers that were blown, low voltage transformers, change them, put them in, and have them blown right away, instantly again. So when you're putting in a low-voltage transformer, always get one, if you can, that's got a circuit breaker attached or a fuse or install your own fuse or own circuit breaker. The Circuit breakers for me are the best because you can reset them. You don't have to keep replacing the fuse. So circuit breakers to me are the best. But you do what you feel is right for you. But let's get back to the story. So I reset it. Okay, check the air handler. Now the fan's running. Okay, go back on the roof. The cooling's not starting. I had no signal up to the condensing unit. No signal on Y1. Now I figured at this point it was because of my flashing thermostat that I could barely read. So I jumped it out. Okay, after the time delay that was built into the condensing unit, it started to cool. It ran. Five or six seconds later, That breaker tripped again. Now, what's going on? We have a problem. Now, I was hoping, begging, please don't let this be in the wiring. Because if it is, we're going to have a tough time. Because the wiring goes through three floors. It runs through the condensing unit, through the air handler. If there's a nick in the wiring and it's rubbing up against some sort of ground reference, And I, that I can't see, this is going to be a nightmare. Okay. But I put that thought aside for a minute and I'm like, I got loads on this low voltage circuit. Loads can trip a low voltage circuit. No problem. Just like loads, like compressors and fans can trip main breakers or fuses. Primary power. So what I did is I pulled the loads. I pulled the wires off each load, isolated them electrically. Right. Started it up. Nothing trip. Put the first one back on. Nothing trip. Second one back on. Nothing trip. So there's about five loads. Two compressor contacts. There's a timer uh, module and a couple of relays. So it's actually funny because ev- all four that that I hooked up. The first four that I hooked up. I had the machine running, no problem. Okay, the last one, I'm like, well, come on. can't be the last one. The last one, yep, hook that contactor back up. Boom, breaker trips. I pull it off again, run it again. It was fine. So I'm like, there's my problem. That contactor coil is giving me an issue. So I checked the ohms between the two contactors. The good one that wasn't causing me any issues was 7.5 ohms and the bad one was 2.8. Now I don't know what I don't know what uh resistance those coils are supposed to be brand new on that style of contactor. I guess I would have to call the manufacturer to find out. But that's where my problem laid. So I got a new contactor, replaced it. Okay. And the other thing that you need to do, I mean the terminals on this thing weren't bad. Like the the this st- the stake on terminals, but when sometimes when you wiggle them, wiggle them and pull them off and you put them back on, they don't fit tight. I don't know how many times I've been to a replacement of, of a contactor and the wires are almost falling off because whoever put the, the stake ons back on, they didn't take their needle nose or their linesman or whatever they were using and kind of pinch those stake ons back. So their, their integrity is, is back in form and then you slide them on tight fit. Make sure they're all tight fitting. pull on each wire that you tighten and make sure it's tight so here's here's an example for you so in in the one side on the line side of the contactor there was two wires going in to each side and they were they were lagged in okay the the, the lags on the contactor or the lugs on the contactor and one wire was thick and solid, probably 10 gauge. And the other wire was stranded, probably about 14 gauge. So when you tighten those wires down side by side, that lug will catch the thicker wire and it won't tighten down on the strand of the thinner wire. So I yanked on that stranded thin wire and it just pulled right out. These are the things you got to do when you're, when you're checking your work. So what I had to do is basically take the two wires, put one on top of the other so they they came down on each other and it was fine so that's what i did i got it back up and running that way and i had to change the batteries on the thermostat and set it all up as per the tenant in the space and everything was good okay but that was a low voltage short and the way you find low voltage shorts for me is process of elimination and it's good to have those breakers there because when you're using the process of elimination you don't need to worry about frying anything because that breaker is going to protect what you're doing. It's going to protect the circuit. All right, let's get on to the next call. So a public service announcement. Field Pulse is offering a 14 day free trial on their product. Their product is all in one service business software, fleet management, paperless systems. Get rid of that paper, guys. And I keep saying this over and over and over, but it's true. I'm looking at a few pieces of paper crumpled up on my passenger seat right now, and it drives me insane. If it drives you insane, you're a business owner, and you want to go down the path to get rid of that, check out fieldpulse.com forward slash HVAC know-it-all, or you can head to my website, hvacknowitall.com, scroll down the homepage, and click on the Field Pulse logo. All right, so I don't know how many of you guys are in commercial or industrial and work on rooftops, but this story this service call is directly related to a York rooftop, another York unit. Now York has implemented new control boards in their machines and they're calling them they've actually trademarked um, they've trademarked it smart equipment so smart equipment controller is a board. It's got a little screen on it. It's got a joystick. It's got an enter button and and an exit or a cancel button. And there's a bunch of parameters inside. These are pretty generic boards so when you get one, you need to set it up as per the application on site. Alright, so I went to a call and I had no cooling. That was the call, no cooling. Opened up the unit and The board was saying it was in cooling mode, although my compressor wasn't starting. All right. And I I checked a bunch of things. I actually loaded new firmware onto the board, and that's something that you can do to get rid of nuisance alarms. So basically, you got to call York or your your York dealer. You have them email out the file. There's a couple of files, and then you got to load it onto a, a USB stick. And once it's loaded onto the stick, you insert it into the into the controller and it basically recognizes the files and you need to start implementing the new firmware and that gets rid of the alarm. So I tried that and it didn't work. All right. I had a chat with tech support because it's always good to talk to somebody that knows the equipment because you might get an insight that you've never heard before. So I like to call tech support, even though I'm confident in my troubleshooting abilities, I I always like to call and just chat if I can. So we were in agreement that the board was defective. Okay, it was calling for cooling, but the output relay to the contactor, it wasn't making and it wasn't sending 24 volts to the contactor uh, to pull in to start my cooling. So I went out and got a new board. Um, And while I was on the phone with tech support, and I'm glad I did call them, I learned something new. So instead of setting that board up from scratch, what you can do is stick your USB in. You can go down the menu, right? You go in and you basically, what you do is you, you back up. You back up the information on the board. All right. And once you back it up, it's on that stick. It's on your flash drive. So you go get your new board. You put it in. And once it's all powered up, you put your stick back in. And then you basically reload the information that you pulled off the old board back onto the new one. So that way you don't have to set anything up. And it worked out great. It worked out really good. Now, the compressor started. Condenser fan started. And it cycled on and off a couple times while I was there doing some other stuff. Now, a couple of days later, it was really, really weird because I go back to the building to do some other stuff. They said the cooling's not working again. But I'm like, oh, man, like, starting to get frustrated with, with this new technology. And So I went up to the machine. I had nothing to do with the controller, by the way. The controller was still fine. It was putting the output signal out to the contactor. The contactor was pulled in. The condenser fan was running. The compressor was not but the compressor body was warm. What I noticed, and it's really, really odd that this happened, one of the lugs on the compressor contactor on the load side had been backed out a bit, and the wire fell right out of the contactor. So it was almost single phasing, or not almost, but it it was in a single phase condition, and it's actually really, really... Uh, We're actually really lucky we didn't lose that compressor. So there's a lesson for you. I mean, checking tightness of connections is so important. Now, when I first replaced that board, I didn't check all the connections. And the wires were intact. The compressor started. So I don't know if it was a little bit of vibration that caused this to happen, but it happened. And luckily I was the one that went back to see this and fix it because I would have been embarrassed if another guy went there and found this after I was just there looking at the machine. So you got to look at everything when you're doing a service or a service call because you can walk away from that unit and something like that can happen. But if you check your connections, you check your caps, Take amp draws of motors. At least you've done your due diligence. And if something fails, at least you know in your mind that you did what you could do to check that unit out properly. So there's a couple calls for you that I went on. And I mean, nothing too crazy. But I mean, that's the kind of day-to-day stuff that I go through. And I really enjoy doing service. I find doing service is the best part of this trade for me because I really like to seek out and find problems and I enjoy troubleshooting because it's not the same thing all the time every day. Like when I do maintenance for a month or so and it's just, we're in a big maintenance month and I'm just going through the motions of a maintenance, it gets really boring after a while. So when I get a service call saying something is down, I'm actually excited to drive out and do something different start troubleshooting and finding problems and fixing them. I don't know about you, but that's why I love this trade, the troubleshooting aspect. You guys have a great day. Happy HVAC.